I'm just going to talk about Benihana. See, you have to be passionate about whatever. <laughs> the fried rice, the abachi chicken. <laughs> it's not just a meal. It's a show. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to episode one of On Location, the real estate podcast brought to you by the Brown Real Estate Group. I'm Rob Laub, a property owner, real estate investor, and experienced sales advisor. And with me on every episode is Melody Brown. Hi, Melody. Hi, everyone. Melody, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Of course. Uh, so I was born and raised in France. Uh, I moved to the US three years ago. And what I do at the Brown Group is I try to bring um, my international hospitality and marketing skill to the role of client services. Oh, so you speak French and English. I do speak French. I do speak English. And I have basis in Spanish. Great. And I speak English. So So let's go for English. We'll use English for the rest of the podcast. So in this podcast, which is the first episode, we're going to start by uh, talking to you about the market report. Then it's going to be my favorite property of the week. And we're going to do a segment around the house. It's a segment where we talked about things you can do around the house to improve it. So you can sell it or just you can live better in it. Thanks to it. And then it's going to be Rob's favorite property. Then we have the segment that we call the real advice, which is our Q&A. You can look and see the eight first one on our YouTube channel. And I think that would be enough for the day. So let's start. Let's get to it. And now it's time for the segment that we call the market report. Let's go for the numbers. If we look at two of our markets that we focus on, San Francisco and the Marin real estate market, when we look at those, we see a very different picture. And that's largely because of the current COVID-19 pandemic. So Marin is generally more suburban. And San Francisco, of course, is an urban city. As we can see through this number from last year, the median sold price for single family house just went up 5% for San Francisco. And you can see that it went up 23.5% for Exactly. Still for single family. Right. And if we look over to condos, TICs and lofts, that change is actually as dramatic. It's actually the median sold price has gone down almost half a percentage point in San Francisco but it's up almost 18% year over year in Marin. In Marin, we're seeing all types of residential properties well above last year. People who have condos, they're looking for a single family home. They're looking to have a little more space, maybe for that home office, that outdoor space. And you can get more for a similar price in Marin. Single family home, the median sold price was... 1.5 million in San Francisco, it's 1.7. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get a little more in Marin. You know, a big difference in condos and lofts. Average price in Marin of a condo, TIC loft, seven and a quarter, whereas here, almost 13, almost 1.3 million. Yeah, almost double the price. Yeah. Right. So you start to see that condo TIC in the city is going to get you a single family in the suburbs with a yard where the dog and the kids and whoever can play. <laughs> of course, people don't want to be on top of each other. Like in New York, it's all apartment and apartment and apartment. They just want to 
go back to New Jersey or something like that and then get the houses there is what I heard. Yeah, we're seeing a big boom in New York. They call it upstate for up the Hudson really? Valley and stuff. Upstate. People are moving. And this this happens. This is cyclical. This happens over time. Uh, various different things. 9-11, I saw a lot of people move out of New York City. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they come back. Yeah, it's by wave. Do you want to do the month of inventory? Is it day on market, kind of? Months of inventory? What does that mean? Basically, if today nobody else listed a new property, how long would it take for all the property that's out there currently listed to sell off? To Okay, to be sold out kind of thing. All right. I didn't know what that meant there. I thought he meant days on market. Like the, the, the days of market is 1.1, meaning a month there. Yeah, no, the days on market may affect the months of inventory. Uh-huh. The longer that things sit on the market, the longer the inventory will take the to clear. The of, yeah. But mm-hmm. I think what's interesting is looking at the months of inventory in Marin for a single family is 1.1. Mm-hmm. So just over a month and every single family home in Marin would sell. Pretty quick. <laughs> Obviously, one might be priced too high or what have you it might you know they might not all sell but in a yeah utopia kind of thing yeah and similarly uh condos tics and lofts and marin are under two months that's pretty a pretty short amount of inventory so that's your suburb just outside the city yeah and look at the similar figure in the city Mm -hmm. for single families uh 3.9 months of inventory and 6.7 for condos, TICs, and lofts. So a, a huge change there. So up 44% from last year for single families in San Francisco and up 123% for condos. Whereas uh, in Marin, the inventory, it is slightly higher on condos, TICs, and lofts, about 11, 12%. But for Single families, it's down nearly 50%. So very low inventory of single families in Marin County right now. So that's what you're saying. People from this city are trying to sell. So there's a lot of inventory. They're trying to go to Marin, but not a lot of people from Marin want to move, right? That's a a great way to put it. Uh, That was the, the sum up by Melody, like the dummy sentence in case you didn't understand what Rob said. <laughs> this is what he said. <laughs> there is more there than there is in the other city. <laughs> uh, would you like to talk to us about the number of the uh, new listing in Marine and in San Francisco? It's a good way to build on the months of inventory. So new listings are what's going to push out that months of inventory. Mm-hmm. Marin, single families, just under 200 new versus San Francisco, where we're seeing 791. It's crazy. Similarly, going down to the number of homes sold in Marin, we're seeing more single family homes sold than new listings. Mm -hmm. Go to San Francisco, you see 791 for the new listings, Mm -hmm. 592 on the homes sold. It's the double opposite. Uh, I heard that Marin was uh, more opened up, you know, more reopening than San Francisco is. Do you think that's also why people would like to go there? I think it's a factor. You know, anytime people go to look at a property mm-hmm. and they look around and they might stop and maybe they get lunch while they're over there looking at things or, you know, it's all part of that mm-hmm. experience. And right now the experience in the city is quite different. Now they did just start opening up again. and. I think over time, yeah. you know, as that opens up again, 
people's experience will improve. People come here for the restaurants and culture. Yeah, right. And that's all of the things that have been basically shut down right now. That's true. Museum, restaurant. That yeah, that's true. We'll see how how it plays out. You know, it's it's gonna change, but it could be a good time to purchase in the city. And wait for the market. Gonna go up back in the city and then sell that one you just bought. Go back to Marine. <laughs> Hard to know where it'll go. It'll probably see how this this whole thing plays out. But hopefully things continue to improve and continue to open up. Mm-hmm. And that was it for the market report. Please, uh, we are interested in what you see in your local market. So please send it to us at podcast at reonlocation.com. I would like to talk to you about my uh, favorite property. It's 1817 California Street, number 2A. And I'm going to tell you what is my three favorite feature. First of all, it's in Pacific High, which is a really nice neighborhood. Second of all, it has a pool, which is absolutely awesome, even if it's not always sunny uh, in San Francisco. And the third one's a little more personal. I really like Benihana, and it's really close. (laughs) That's a pretty good choice. <laughs> yeah, the pool is nice and it's heated. So on the days where it's not that sunny, it's still warm. And there's also a nice outdoor terrace right off the living room. So you get you get some outdoor enjoyment in the city setting. What do you think of the two level, you know, split? It's got the bedrooms mm-hmm. up above and living space down below. Do you like that? I like it. I think it's like two different area of living. You have the night area, which is the bedroom upstairs, and then you have all the living room combo, uh, dining room, and open kitchen on the, the other level. And it's more of your, you know, day-to-day area on the day, daily area. <laughs> yeah, you've got your kind of public rooms and private mm-hmm. rooms up mm-hmm. above. The two bedrooms gives you a room for an office or... The second room is guest room, nursery, or office, right? In the U.S. or not? That's not what you do? Sometimes they use it for a hobby room to put together their model airplanes. <laughs> I have to say the fact that Japantown is there. It's a good area. I like it. Went to my parents over there. They like it too. But <laughs> to be honest, the, the, one that, the restaurant that I really like that is on California Street is it Eliza. I told you about the restaurant, and it's like super close to really the, where the listing is. I think it's closer to Finiana. So, if you lived at eighteen seventeen California Street, you, I would Eliza every time. Every time you would go to Benihana at all, just Eliza. No, I would do the be- go to both in the same. No, on the same night. No, no. One for lunch, um, one for dinner. Benihana is a big lunch or big dinner. So. <laughs> but yeah, Eliza is like twenty eight. 70 and this is 1817 so you go down the road get some eliza well 10 blocks i mean you could walk off whatever you ate this is perfect exactly go get some fried rice and eliza he said melly send you <laughs> you eat your fried rice and you come back home and you just like drive in the pool i, th- I think you mean dive not drive yeah i think that's what it is <laughs> you can drive in the pool if you want to You've been drinking a little bit with your dinner if you're driving in a pool. But there is a garage over there. You could park in the garage instead of the pool. Of the pool. (laughs) Well, I think think now we've kind of covered all your favorite things about the listing. Sure. Restaurant? Definitely. Driving in the pool. 
Where can they get more information? They can go to www.brownsf.com. And now it's our segment named Around the House. This is where we talk about things that you can do at home around your house to better improve your life and or resale ability. Mm-hmm. You looked into marble for kitchen countertops and, and sort of the alternatives to it. Why why not marble? I mean, everyone likes marble, right? But why 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 do we need alternative choices to marble? Uh, it's super trendy. People love it. However, it's pretty expensive and it's pretty hard to find someone like, you know, marbles from Italia. So <laughs> it's hard to find connection. My cousin Vinny. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I found a uh, material that looks like marble that you can't really know it's not marble. So it works perfectly. And that those materials are cheaper than marble. And I also find a few alternatives if you want to get a little crazy. All right, let's get crazy. So what what, what did you find there? <laughs> so for every, uh, I have two lists. So the first one is going to be everything that do look like marble. The first one is the one that everybody knows about. It's quartz. Uh, it's human made. Uh, so it's customable. So you can choose the color. You can choose the veining in the marble. At the same time, the quartz generally is actually much more durable than the marble. So you can get a similar aesthetic, but have a more durable product. Yeah, it's ca- it's scratch free, so it's perfect for the kitchen. I'm not as familiar with quartzite. Can you tell me a little bit about that one? First of all, it's a natural stone, so you can't have the exact perfect marble finishing on it. Uh, but it's really elegant and uh, really durable. So it's tough, kind of like granite, and um, it is. So, you know, durability, especially we're talking about kitchen counters. It's really something that's really good. Heat resistance, scratch resistance, right? Is that kind of what you're looking for? Of course. Something that might not chip a lot when you drop that pan on the edge of the counter. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know what I have. It looks like marble, but I know it's not. But uh, I never had any problem. And you know me. I've been doing pastry like a lot. I think yours is cords. Yeah, I think you have cords. That would make sense. Because, yeah. Do you remember the first time we did the open house? And I think it was Buchanan. I made those little um, pochette surprise. I don't know how you call it in English. Like the, those Pop-Tart or whatever. But I made that. The pastries, uh, those were jam. delicious. Yeah. Okay. So the problem is was the raspberry jam. You know, you have to make yeah, You could buy it, but I make it myself. And some fell into the counter, and my counter is white, and I didn't see it. Uh oh. <laughs> so it took me a minute, but like the day after, I clean it without anything, which I know that if it was on wood, there was no way on earth I would have been able to take it out. You know what I mean? And that was another finish that you had listed, I think, was uh, butcher's block, right? And that's yeah. wood. Yeah. So more work involved with something like that, not as durable. It all depends what you're doing, how much you're cooking, what are you cooking. You know, wood becomes bigger with the the water. Oh, it tends to swell a little bit. Yeah. 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 You have to treat it. You have to, I think, oil it. It's a take care of. Yeah. You really need to take care of it. What people do like is you get a nice patina over time. 
Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. It's a different aesthetic. I guess that's why you had it under your more alternative ones. Yeah. And wood could be great. Like if you're really into pastry, which um, I am. <laughs> wood is perfect to like, uh, you know, do your dough. It's just, uh, it has a better, I don't know, the, the flour uh, get to it better. I don't know. It's always better to make bread on wood for me. I don't know about you. Can you? those in general beignet or shoe whatever you know i don't really do that much baking so i don't have a, a good example but what i will say I to our the pasta king well i do pasta and actually i <laughs> i do and i actually tend to roll that out on marble but yeah but do, uh, don't wood you think that it, well. it like it, it stick to the marble like not as good as the rest like uh, if you're doing on wood with the flour it doesn't stick as much as when you're doing it on marble with the flour. Possibly. I think for me, though, it's a, it's either that or I have two surfaces and the other one is a laminate, which is kind of textured. Mm, and, yeah, of course. You know, so the nice smoothness of the marble works better for that. So we take what, what we can get. But I don't know, maybe by the end <laughs> of the podcast, I'll have to put in some new countertops. For sure. <laughs> We have all those different alternatives. So as you said, the butcher block. Uh, I also have terrazzo, um, which I really liked. I didn't know about it until I made my research for uh, our segment. It's a human-made um, material. Uh, and it's my favorite different alternative because it looks like mos mosaic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we see that a lot here in San Francisco on front steps. I love it. Yeah, it's very, yeah, yeah, very exactly. durable. I mean, if you mm -hmm. can walk on it and be out in the weather and everything else, and it is a fun, like you say, mosaic look. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that look. We also have the stainless steel, which is one that I like. It looks like a professional kitchen, you know? So it's always like, yeah, it's pretty cool when I see it. <laughs> I like the stainless steel for an island, like nice accent. I've oh, seen that, you're right. You know, yeah. Makes, makes that it would nice. nice. Yeah. For sure. So you could have a quartz counter with a stainless mm -hmm. steel. Yeah. Or, nice. or uh, a butcher block could be a, a really nice island, too. So island, yeah, you're right. You can always mix and match. You don't have to pick just one of these finishes. And we have two other ones we haven't talked about yet, which is porcelain, which is more something you would put in the bathroom than in the kitchen. Porcelain is a lot of choice, a lot of color, a lot of texture. I have to tell you guys, though, that porcelain is not ceramic teal. It's two different things because they're both made from clay, but they both, uh, they're, they were not, cooked at the same heat we see a lot of porcelain if it's in the kitchen it's probably more in, in the backsplash yes and we see a lot of it in of course like a shower surround mm -hmm. we're also seeing them in floors now too yeah in the south of france you you have a lot of those porcelain or ceramic on the floors of the bathroom mm -hmm. for example yeah you have a lot a lot of that i definitely uh, need to go to the south of france and check that out and as a Parisian, I'm going to tell you, no, you have to go see Paris first. But if you really want to see those still, yeah, I only saw them in the south of France. Yeah, I'm basically going to France to see the tile. Yeah, just for that. <laughs> not the Louvre, not the Tour Eiffel. The nice thing about it is actually you can get that tile here and probably everywhere in the world yeah, these days. Definitely. So if you can't make it to France... You can just order it online. <laughs> 
The last alternative we have is the soapstone, which is a natural stone, so the natural veining. It's really delicate as a pattern. It's a non-porous stone, which is way easier to clean. So it's perfect for kitchen. I'm trying. I don't know if that's what we use. I think that might have been what they used in the old science labs in my high school. <laughs> but it was there was some kind of stone counter, and that was really durable. That's great. I mean, these are some fabulous ideas. Someone's looking to maybe update and you know we see a lot of times you can update your kitchen countertops and resurface new doors or just paint your cabinets just paint over yeah really makes a big difference especially for resale some new countertops make a big difference well thanks for the fabulous ideas no problem (laughs) i think i probably need to go change your own (laughs) start the remodel Well, before we go any further, I got to tell you about my favorite listing. It's 1601 Pacific Avenue, number 404. It's that cool two-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath right on the corner of Pacific and Polk. Great. Uh, do you know for how much uh, is it selling? We've got it listed at 1799 and it's um, two levels. It's got a roof deck as well with views of the Golden Gate Bridge. So, I mean, right there is your million-dollar view. Definitely. What is your favorite feature? Yeah, I love that stone wall that they put in. So I remember when these were built back in 2000, 2001. Then we sold them a while back, like 2010. Mm-hmm. And then this is the first resale after that. And in the meantime, it's been totally updated. So you've got a quite modern building, but now it's got a perfectly modern aesthetic. So between the two levels is a staircase that goes up. And this huge stone wall that they've put in makes it feel just so much more dramatic. (laughs) More warmer. A lot warmer and almost loftier, I think. Mm -hmm. And it is a corner unit. So you've got this solid wall anchoring it. And then the two sides, the north and the east, full of windows looking out to the views. I mean, it's quite, quite a stunner. And it's an elevator building. So... Even You're better. up on the top floor without all the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Can you please remind me in what neighborhood it is? That's in Knob Hill. So it's going to be over near Polk Street, which is, you know, near 1817 California Street as well, but <laughs> a little further north. And then people from the California condo and people from the Pacific Avenue con- condo can all go get Benihana together <laughs> so we can celebrate the... Having a new house all together. Welcome everyone to this new segment, which we're going to call Real Advice. So it's going to be a Q&A between you and us. You can send us your question at podcast at reonlocation.com and we'll be really happy to answer them in our Q&A. You can also see all the other Q&A on our YouTube channel. Um, the first question we have for today is how many million dollar home have you sold in the last five years, Rob? That's a great question. So we got this from a recent potential listing. And the answer to that is 73 single family residents, not including any multifamily or commercial sales. Is the one million value market specific? It is. So here in the San Francisco and the Bay Area market, $1 million doesn't go as far as it might in some other locales. So if you were looking to list your home for sale and maybe interviewing agents, you would probably want to know more what that was for homes similar to yours. Great. 
Next question is, what is the average day on market for our listing? Sellers are going to ask this because they want to know that their home is going to sell. They want to get a sense that the listing agent who they choose will be able to move that product in a similar time to what the current market is. For us, we're at 26.8 days on market the current quarter and 29.3 for this year to date, 2020, which is quite typical for the local market. Do you know why is this difference between those two numbers? We sell a lot of different property types, ranging from single family homes to TICs to commercial. All of these have a slightly different length of time they may take to close. Mm -hmm. But cash deal is going to close quicker than something that's getting financing. Some financing types may take longer to obtain. Because of that, this number does fluctuate. Great. Uh, the next question is, how many seller are we representing right now? So we have 10 listings currently active that are either in contract or available for purchase. We have a big team. We have multiple people with broker's licenses and dedicated staff backing them, them up. So as a potential seller for this figure, you're trying to find out, are you active? Do you know the current market? That sort of thing. But you also want to know that they're going to have the time to service your listing. If I'm just a one-man band and I tell you, yeah, I've got 20 listings, you might not get the attention that you really want. Makes sense. All right, and now that's her last question. And this is the end of the first episode of On Location Podcast. Well, I got to go replace my countertops, but thanks everyone for listening. Thanks, Melody, for joining me on this inaugural episode. I hope to bring more information next time. I have some uh, interviews coming up as well. So look for those in the future. Please follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, and on YouTube. You will see the link uh, in the show notes below. Uh, so you can know when we have a new podcast, when we have a new listing, when we have a new Q&A. Please subscribe, follow, comment, like. And if you have any questions, send them to podcast at reonlocation.com. If you don't feel comfortable sending this question in English, you can send it in Spanish or in French and we'll help you out. All right. See you next time. See you next time. <laughs>